In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God loved the world so much that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not be lost, but may have eternal life. There we have it in our Gospel today. The clear and undisputable reminder that Jesus Christ is the salvation of the world. Our sins have made us exiles from God's kingdom. In the Old Testament, we see that God sent Cyrus, the king of Persia, to bring his people back from Babylon. So, in his great love, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to bring us back to the new Jerusalem, to live the good life as from the beginning he had meant us to live it. We rejoice that God loves us so much that he sent his son into the world, that the sins that we have committed and those we have inherited from down the generations can simply be washed away through our baptism and redeemed through our reconciliation with Christ. But ultimately, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection, we give thanks for the love that God has for us. So let us pray. God our Father, your word, Jesus Christ, spoke peace to a sinful world and brought humanity the gift of reconciliation by the suffering and death he endured. Teach us, the people who bear his name, to follow the example he gave us. May our faith, hope and charity turn hatred to love, conflict to peace, death to eternal life. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen. First station. Jesus is condemned to death. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Who was responsible for condemning Jesus to death? The Roman governor Pontius Pilate was apparently the prime mover, but in fact he would have preferred to distance himself. He would like to have been able to wash his hands of all responsibility for the prosecution of Jesus, which he could clearly see was not honestly motivated. It was not the alien occupying power that demanded death for Jesus. It was the local religious leaders, motivated not by justice, but by jealousy. They ought to have seen Jesus as an ally against evil, but those chief priests were fearful of his influence. Let us at this station recognise the corrosive power of jealousy. How many good people have been destroyed by resentment of other apparently good people? Let us bear in mind all victims of envy and especially all the victims of our own jealousy. We can't easily wash our hands of our own indifference, our own dubious motivation.
I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. At the cross her station keeping Stood the mournful mother weeping Close to Jesus to the last Second station, Jesus receives the cross We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world There was nothing tidy and elegant in the death of Jesus. The word of God made flesh was willing to accept the worst that life could fling at him. And as he received the cross, he knew he must stagger under its weight through crowds who only a few days earlier had been shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. He went out to die as a criminal, not as a martyr. He had to endure scorn and rejection, as well as his physical sufferings. Let us at this station remember where we stand in the crowd. Do we go along with the mob? Do we allow ourselves to sink into that same sea of hatred and violence, which in our own day and in our own country is still capable of drowning decency and love? I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Through her heart is sorrow sharing, all his bitter anguish bearing. Now at length the sword has passed. Third station. Jesus falls for the first time. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Jesus was weak from the loss of blood, battered by the beating he had received, blinded by the crown of thorns which had been pressed on his head and ripped away again. In his haze of pain, he struggled under the weight of the cross and his legs buckled under him and he fell. Let us at this station understand that the Son of God, who will sustain and strengthen us in our lives, knows what it is to stumble and fall. Let us echo the words of the psalmist. I waited, I waited for the Lord. and He stooped down to me, he heard my cry. He drew me from the deadly pit, from the miry clay. He set my foot upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. Happy are they who put their trust in the fallen Saviour. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Oh, how sad and sore distressed was that mother highly blessed of the soul begotten one? Fourth station, 
Jesus meets his mother. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. As Jesus is roughly pulled to his feet again to resume his path to the place of execution, the first person he sees is his mother. Mary reaches out to help him, powerless. Her son looks into her eyes and sees the love and the sorrow there. The prophecy of Simeon, made when Mary brought her infant son to the temple, had come true. A sword will pierce your own soul too. Let us at this station keep silence in the presence of hurt, too deep for tears. Let us think of the mother of sorrows and her son, so close on that crowded road, so cruelly separated. In the gardens of God, in the daylight divine, show me thy son, mother, mother of mine. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Christ above in torment hangs. She beneath beholds the pangs. Of her dying glorious son. The fifth station. The cross is laid on Simon of Cyrene. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Jesus was so exhausted they feared he would die before he reached his execution. So the Roman soldiers grabbed an unsuspecting stranger up from the country to help carry the cross. His name was Simon. He comes into history because he simply happened to be there when the Lord passed by and had need of him. Did he protest? Did he say, why should I? It's got nothing to do with me. Or did he see that tragic figure staggering under the cross and feel his heart overflow with pity and compassion? And as he helped Jesus to carry the cross, did he shed the weight of his, all his own sins swept away by that love he was helping. Let us at this station think of the chance moments of life when unexpectedly we look up and see the weary figure of Christ stumbling towards us. And let us pray for the grace to help carry his cross. I love, I love you, Jesus, Jesus my, my love above all things. I, I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never, never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Is there one who would not weep, whelmed in misery so deep? Christ, dear Mother, to behold. Sixth Station Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Whose is this horrifying face, this putrid flesh, discoloured, flayed, fed on by flies, scorched by the sun? Whose are those hollow, red, filmed eyes? 
and thorn spiked head and spear struck side. Behold the man, he is man's son. The image of the face of Jesus has haunted Christianity ever since that act of kindness on the road to Calvary when a woman called Veronica, seeing a fellow creature so ill-used and bathed in sweat and blood, pressed a clean towel against his face. Let us at this station be grateful to God for all the souls he has filled with compassion, souls who have gone to the aid of the suffering and who have carried away with them the image of the face of Jesus. Let us pray especially for all the holy women of compassion and find particular inspiration in the work begun by Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always and then do with me what you will. Can the human heart refrain from partaking in her pain? In that mother's pain untold. Seventh station. Jesus falls for the second time. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. The physical collapse of Jesus is horrifying. The words of the psalmist echo around him as he stumbles and falls a second time. Like water, I am poured out. Disjointed are all my bones. My heart has become like wax. It is melted within my breast. Parched as burned clay is my throat. My tongue cleaves to my jaw. Many dogs have surrounded me. A band of the wicked beset me. They tear holes in my hands and my feet and lay in the dust of death. Let us at this station think of our Saviour, fallen a second time in the dust and the dirt of the street. Let us marvel that a man should undergo all this and still be able to find an excuse in his heart for those who have so abused him. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Bruised, derided, cursed, defiled, she beheld her tender child. All with bloody scourges rent. Eighth station. The women of Jerusalem weep for our Lord. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Even in the turmoil of this tortured ascent to Calvary, there are sparks of humanity. The women of Jerusalem identify with the mother who follows in the steps of Jesus, following him to the very foot of the cross. They sense her sorrow and share it. Without beauty, without majesty, we saw him. No looks to attract our eyes. 
a thing despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Let us at this station understand what Jesus was saying to those compassionate women. Gerard Manley Hopkins was moved that a child in autumn would grieve for the falling leaves, sensing not just the annual death of the tree, but the blight man was born for, that death that will come to us all. Jesus sees his own death as the death of all humanity. Weep not for me, but for yourselves and your children. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. For the sins of his own nation Saw him hang in desolation Till his spirit forth he sent Ninth station. Jesus falls for the third time. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Truly Jesus was crushed for our sins. For a third time he is borne down by his extreme exhaustion, and even the brave efforts of Simon of Cyrene cannot save him as he falls again. The enemy pursues my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead, long forgotten. Therefore my spirit fails, my heart is numb within me. Let us at this station promise Jesus that no matter how numb our hearts may be at the blow lives have dealt us, we will always remember him struggling to his feet again to complete his mission of love. He was scarcely conscious, but his will drove him on to offer his life for us. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. O thou mother fount of love, touch my spirit from above, make my heart with thine accord. Tenth Station. Jesus is stripped of his garments. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Clothes protect and give dignity to those who wear them. It is not uncommon for murderers to strip their victims and rob them of their dignity, as if to assert there is nothing more of value in a mere corpse. A lynch mob leaves its victims naked. The victims of the concentration camps went naked to the gas chambers. Our Lord was stripped. The sheer vulnerability of humanity becomes apparent. The ease with which life may be snuffed out. Let us at this station contemplate that body now made visible. Let us see how the dignity of man cannot be denied by such callous brutality. 
The essence of man makes us vulnerable to death, victims of the bully, subject to power. But the beauty of God's creation is not to be extinguished by brute force. Vulnerable love is stronger than blind hatred. Naked beauty is eternal and violence is ultimately self-defeating. I love love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always and then do with me what you will. Make me feel as thou hast felt. Make my soul to glow and melt. With the love of Christ, my Lord. The 11th station. Jesus is nailed to the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. It was a scandalously cruel death. The execution of later ages at least tried to shorten the suffering. Beheading, shooting, hanging, electrocuting, all recognise the barbarity of prolonging the agony. Crucifixion was done deliberately to make suffering visible. And Christ's suffering has remained visible ever since. The sign of the cross is not just a sign of death, but of suffering for love. Let us at this station resolve to live always in the shadow of the cross, to remember always that among those three crosses on Calvary, the midmost hangs for love. Let the crucifix be with us always, through all our life and especially at our death. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes, shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks, and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Holy Mother, pierce me each wound renew of my Saviour crucified Twelfth station Jesus dies on the cross We adore you O Christ and we praise you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world He had emptied himself taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father Let us at this station recognise that it is accomplished. Love has conquered all. Man is reconciled to God because God has demonstrated that not even killing the Son of God will deflect him from forgiveness. Death has no sting. 
grave, no victory, because Jesus Christ chose to die and to rise again to new life. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Let me share with thee his pain, who for all my sins was slain, who for me in torment died. 13th Station Jesus is taken down from the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. The Pieta speaks in silence. The mother who held the babe in her arms in the stable of Bethlehem now holds the mangled body of her son. They stand around her, made silent by her sorrow, and silenced too by their own fear and failure. It is the darkest moment in Christianity. They had abandoned him. They believe his course is lost. Christ is taken down from the cross and there is apparently no future for any of them. Only Mary is certain in her heart that somehow out of this terrible moment the angel words are still valid. Hail full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Let us at this station realise the full darkness of the hour when every hope was gone and the death appeared to have had the last word. And let us gaze on the fearless, sorrowing face of Mary. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. Let me mingle tears with thee, mourning him who mourned for Fourteenth station. Christ is laid in the tomb. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. If in that Syrian garden age is slain, you sleep and know not you are dead in vain, nor even in dreams behold how dark and bright ascends in smoke and fire by day and night. The hate you died to quench and could but fan. Sleep well and see no morning, son of man. But if the grave rent and the stone rolled by, at the right hand of majesty on high, you sit and sitting so remember yet, your tears, your agony and bloody sweat, your cross and passion and the life you gave, Bow hither out of heaven and see and save. Let us at this station contemplate the great mystery of our faith, the death of Jesus and the empty tomb. Dead when the soldiers came to investigate, so they did not break his bones, but pierced his heart. Buried under guard, and after three days risen, 
to be seen by Mary Magdalene in the garden on Easter morning. I love you, Jesus, my love above all things. I repent with my whole heart of having offended you. Never permit me to separate myself from you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. By the cross with thee to stay, there with thee to weep and pray, is all I ask of thee to give. In this, the fourth of our six readings from the apostolic letter Patris Corde, written by Pope Francis, in celebration of St. Joseph, we have chapter 4, An Accepting Father. Joseph accepted Mary unconditionally. He trusted in the angel's words. The nobility of Joseph's heart is such that what he learned from the law he made dependent on charity. Today in our world, where psychological, verbal and physical violence towards women is so evident, Joseph appears as the figure of a respectful and sensitive man. Even though he does not understand the bigger picture, he makes a decision to protect Mary's good name, her dignity and her life. In his hesitation about how best to act, God helped him by enlightening his judgment. Often in life, things happen whose meaning we do not understand. Our first reaction is frequently one of disappointment and rebellion. Joseph set aside his own ideas in order to accept the course of events, and mysterious as they seemed, to embrace them, take responsibility for them, and make them part of his own history. Unless we are reconciled with our own history, we will be unable to take a single step forward, for we will always remain hostage to our expectations and the disappointments that follow. The spiritual path that Joseph traces for us is not one that explains, but accepts. Only as a result of this acceptance, this reconciliation, can we begin to glimpse a broader history a deeper meaning. We can almost hear an echo of the impassioned reply of Job to his wife, who had urged him to rebel against the evil he endured. Shall we receive the good at the hand of God and not receive the bad? Joseph is certainly not passively resigned, but courageously and firmly proactive. In our own lives, acceptance and welcome can be an expression of the Holy Spirit's gift of fortitude. Only the Lord can give us the strength needed to accept life as it is, with all its contradictions, frustrations and disappointments. Jesus' appearance in our midst is a gift from the Father, which makes it possible for each of us to be reconciled to the flesh of our own history even when we fail to understand it completely. Just as God told Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid, so he seems to tell us, 
do not be afraid. We need to set aside all anger and disappointment and to embrace the way things are even when they do not turn out as we wish. Not with mere resignation, but with hope and courage. In this way we become open to a deeper meaning. Our lives can be miraculously reborn if we find the courage to live them in accordance with the gospel. It does not matter if everything seems to have gone wrong or some things can no longer be fixed. God can make flowers spring up from stony ground. Even if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Here once again, we encounter that Christian realism which rejects nothing that exists. Reality, in its mysterious and irreducible complexity, is the bearer of existential meaning, with all its lights and shadows. Thus the Apostle Paul can say, We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God. To which St Augustine adds, even that which is called evil. In this greater perspective, faith gives meaning to every event, however happy or sad. Nor should we ever think that believing means finding facile and comforting solutions. The faith Christ taught us is what we see in St Joseph. He did not look for shortcuts, but confronted reality with open eyes and accepted personal responsibility for it. Joseph's attitude encourages us to accept and welcome others as they are, without exception, and to show special concern for the weak, for God chooses what is weak. He is the father of orphans and protector of widows who commands us to love the stranger in our midst. I like to think that it was from St. Joseph that Jesus drew inspiration for the parable of the prodigal son and the merciful father. As we come to the end of this Lenten podcast, we're still very mindful that the future is uncertain. With that comes anxiety. Anxiety that we have managed to cope for this long. Will we still be able to? But also the anxiety of, for those who have lost their work, for those whose education has been severely disrupted, for those who have lost loved ones. This is a time of great uncertainty. So we pray to the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of this world, and we give thanks for the hope you have given us. Help us to give our worries to you, and above all, to trust in your unfailing love. For you have promised us, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Almighty God, our protector, 
Let us trust in you to carry us through this time of uncertainty. Jesus, hear our cries as we mourn those who've, who have left us. Whatever tomorrow may bring, we will praise your name. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives forever and ever. Amen. Keep safe and we look forward to being together in the future. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.